Laura Cox and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, Laura, thank you so much for joining our podcast today, our interview under fire, your latest album, Burning Bright. And believe it or not, it's already been over six months already. Yeah. You know, congratulations on all that success and the amazing reception to that. But before we get to that, it's been an unusual last couple of months for all of us. I'm going to ask the most important question, the most simple question. It's probably the most overlooked one is, how are you? <laughs> you know, how have things been for you and your bandmates as of late? And how has everything been since your, you know, pretty much all our lives have changed since back in March? How's life in France? Uh, I, I think life in France is uh, like your life uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, we, we had our uh, latest uh, gig uh, on March uh, 14, I think, 13 in uh, Germany. Uh, and uh, we we hadn't had uh, any gigs since. Um, I, I'm feeling fine, but uh, it's really uh, it feels good to uh, to get back to normal uh, little by little. Uh, at at first, um, I, I wrote uh, lots of new music the first uh, three or four weeks uh, of quarantine, and then I I got bored and I couldn't find uh, any inspiration. So um, I tried to Put, put that aside and uh, wait uh, until I could uh, play with my band. And now we're we're able we're able to play because the rehearsal studios reopened in France, and it feels good. I man, March 14th. I think that was right when I don't know if it was right after. I know that week they announced the pandemic. That must have been I don't yeah. know. Like it must have been crazy. I remember I was at a show and I was doing interviews and you know and I my phone just lit up with all these you know, cancellations and just the, you know, the, the CDC announced the pandemic yeah. and all that. But I know the important part, the challenging thing is trying to stay productive. And I know you wanted to talk about it. We'll talk about this in a second, about your third album, you know, because, you know, you yeah. wanted to get that out as soon as, as soon as possible. And now all this time you have, what's uh -huh. the practice situation like for you at home? I'm assuming you can live in a place where you can just go all out without the neighbors yelling or anything like that. No, <laughs> no, I, I live in a small apartment uh, in France, uh, so I don't have my amps with me. Uh, they are in the storage uh, box where we put uh, all our stuff for the the real gigs. Uh, and at home, I'm I just have a uh, few of my guitars. And during quarantine, I didn't know I was going uh, to be stuck. At home, so I didn't have my favorite guitar. It was uh, in the storage box. Uh, but when I play at home, I usually um, play uh, directly into my computer, into a sound card, and I use a uh, I use um, uh, effects uh, simulation. You know, a, a software. Yeah. Uh, it's it's easier when you live in a small apartment and you can't really m make noise. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I played a lot uh, during during quarantine. Isn't it funny how you started off in YouTube and now it's like you're back to <laughs> it's like almost yeah. like where you back to where you first started. It's almost like revisiting that time span in your life. Does this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because does this pandemic open up new things for you personally and artistically that you may have not noticed before about yourself? Uh, the if I can say that the good thing about uh, this situation is the fact that I just can uh, 
live slow and uh, you know take time and just enjoy the day by day uh, um, enjoy just the simple things of life just going out and uh, and and yeah the good thing is that I don't have any uh, pressure or deadline for anything um, because uh, everything is cancelled or postponed <laughs> so so yeah, yeah I I, could, uh, I got to enjoy my life just uh, in a simple way and uh, it's it doesn't really bother me because I I'm used to being alone and I I got I got used to it I I'm not sure it's a good thing but I got used to it and uh, I I didn't uh, have any particular um, routine practice routine I just uh, picked up my guitar every day and I don't know I uh, I was just jamming along to my favorite songs or writing new music um so yeah I, I think i wrote like four or five or maybe six new songs but um i wanted to uh test them with the band and uh and uh keep on uh writing those songs with the band i, I didn't want to come up with an entire album alone and uh and just tell my band it's uh, it's done i'm sorry <laughs> i did it without you so yeah. Hey, Matthew said music is about sharing something with real people. So make sure you let yeah. him know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, now I'm, I'm really happy because uh, the last few days, Matthew uh, was at home uh, with me. So he's the other guitarist in the band and we, we got to, to write new music together. And uh, it's, uh, it's different than just writing alone. It's, uh, it's better. Yeah. Hey, I know I said this before, how inspiration, I know you talked about it. it's It's hard when you're, by yourself and you know and, and you haven't been out and finding the inspiration to just write new music while you're by yourself and it's been three months already it's there's a challenge to that and you've seen this for the last what three months a lot of the artists you know it's been a common subject in my show is live streaming a lot of the artists take have taken their talent whatever they they're doing to stay busy live streaming stay engaged with the fans so let me ask you this, being an artist for, for as long as you have been, you've been an artist for a while, you know, and, and you know, as of recently, it's been extensive touring around Europe. Do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge that we're seeing now, do you think that's going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you still see uh, bands doing this even after all this is over? I hope not. <laughs> I yeah. think it was a really cool idea to keep us entertained uh, uh, during quarantine, quarantine. but uh, live music is so much better. And uh, I, I hope that we can still um, uh, make some uh, streaming and uh, on, online music, but it, it can't be the, the main, uh, you know, the main activity of a musician. Uh, so no, I really hope that uh, within the next few weeks or few months, we're all, the bands will get to go out on tour again. We, we were supposed to be uh, on tour in Germany again uh, in September. And uh, even though I, I think we, 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 we could have gone to Germany to, to, uh, uh, to play uh, these gigs, our uh, German booker uh, preferred to uh, cancel the show because uh, he thought uh, that people would be scared and that people wouldn't be ready to go out uh, again. So I don't know. I think we, we're going to have more and more shows um, by the end of the year, maybe in October, November. 
we'll I think, see. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I, Germ I think Germany did the I don't know if you saw this. They did the uh they did a show. I think it's called I forgot what it was called. Live Summer. Have you have you heard about this? And the uh, they it was a dry it was a drive-in oh, concert yeah, yeah. where cars yeah. were like parked and then uh they did the show. And I, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a meme that was like on the internet. I was like, no, there's that's not true. And then I saw like uh, people like actually posting about it. That's man, as far as like musicians doing that, I, I don't know. It's a lot of uncertainty going forward. Of course, it's a little different. You can't really, you know, you know, uh, go crazy like in a car and like crash into each other as opposed to like being like with another human that's being. Not just... a, that's <laughs> not a real rock show. A real rock show is the. The, the the crazy audience and uh, we're playing we have a show in uh like in two weeks yeah. and it uh, i think it's going to be kind of special because uh it's free but people have to uh, uh, uh i i don't know how to say that but they they have boxes and people uh have to uh save uh, their seats and uh, on the computer and uh, they're going to say I i'm coming with two or three friends and they'll have boxes for people uh in the audience so uh, wooden boxes I think. and people will be in a, in a wooden boxes man i don't know <laughs> i guess they're trying to they're trying to make it work as whatever they can just to make it work it's the yeah. desperation level is up there and i know you talked about the Germany Festival, you were actually supposed to play in Hellfest, what, last week, right? Yeah. June yeah. 19th to the 21st. And you're <laughs> talking my about... Dream. My man, biggest dream. <laughs> that would have been great. You know, we've seen bands like Gojira, you know, uh, you know, one of the bands who actually was one of the more prominent bands over there in Hellfest. Just imagine, like, being in that presence. Now, you played in other festivals, too, like Equiblues and Montreux Confluences. You even played at yeah. Download. I mean, that's that's yeah. by itself. That, yeah, that by itself is just an amazing thing to add to a resume. Now, I wanted to ask you for that follow-up. What was your favorite part about touring? Because I know you guys pretty much toured Europe most throughout your career yeah. and toured a lot of France mostly for a few years. But does it make you have a growing appreciation for the tour life now, now that you're home? Kind of yeah. just taking like an yeah. unseen step back and kind yeah. of just exhale. What was yeah. your favorite part about it? Because there's like fans, there's culture, even, you know, the food. If <laughs> The food is also different when you're touring. You I know? don't know. It's the global thing, you know, it's everything. Uh, at first, when uh, quarantine uh, began, I, I was, I, I couldn't say I was relieved, but I was telling myself, yeah, I, I'm going to rest for a few weeks. It can't be, uh, it, it's, it's good for me, <laughs> just a few weeks, but I... I I couldn't imagine it would go go on again and again during months. So I, I uh, no, I, I, I really, I'm really excited to be back on tour again, even though I don't know where it's gonna be, when it's gonna be. Uh, but no, I, I miss all of it. Just there's one thing I don't miss is the loading and unloading the van. <laughs> I had a but, feeling you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, there's always that part. Always that part. Yeah. What was your favorite? Did you, did you have a favorite? I know you're talking about you don't have your uh, favorite guitar with you, right? I didn't yeah. have it uh, uh, during quarantine, but uh, I went to our storage box to get it um, at uh, the during May, last month. Okay, yeah. so you have it with you then? Yeah. Yeah, uh, where is it? <laughs> it's just right here. Okay, I have to see it because, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is it's, a beauty. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm... Uh, is that I, your I really, signature? 
No, it's not a signature. I um, I uh, uh, had an endorsement deal with Gibson uh, at the end of last year, and I've been playing. This is this has been my main uh, guitar uh, since uh, since then since then uh, yeah. for almost a year, and it's a Gibson Les Paul Junior, uh, a recent one from the original collection, and I love it. It's just simple, just one pickup. And it's rock and roll. It has a fat neck. Uh, it has everything I, I love about it. And do you, um, do you specifically yeah, no. like the fat necks? Is that something that that's yeah. just your preference? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's more comfortable. I, I, no, I, I love it. It's just simple and rock and roll, and it's lighter than a, a regular uh, Les Paul. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this has been my main guitar for uh, the the last few months, and I I got to get it back from the storage. Uh, a few weeks ago, so I'm really happy to have it back. And I, I know you had that Gibson presentation at NAM, and that was your first ever yeah. experience in the United States. What was your biggest takeaway from NAM? How was that experience like? Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just making oh, you're, sure. You're okay, you're okay. <laughs> so you're the, NAM, yeah, the NAM show, it, it was my first uh, trip to the U.S. I, yeah. I, I've never been to the U.S. before, and it was crazy because I was part of the Gibson team, and I was um, I, I saw things that I uh, I couldn't imagine before. I saw uh, live uh, like private gigs with Slash, uh, Billy Gibbons, Don Felder, um, Lizzie Hale. And, those, and th those are your influences too. Oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, yeah, it was crazy, and I couldn't believe I was part of that team. Uh, it was a a, a nice uh, and crazy first experience uh, with Gibson and in the U.S. And it was totally new for me, uh, but uh, I hope I'll I'll get to um, go to the Nam again. It was really different from uh, the the tour with the band or my other activities, or YouTube and etc. But um, but yeah, and next time I hope I can come with the band because uh, Gibson has a real nice stage uh, at Nam, and uh, I was uh, I think I was the only guitarist that uh, just played on uh, backing tracks <laughs> alone. Uh, but uh, if I had known, I, um, I wish I, I had my band with me, with me. But that's okay. You know, you always wanna, when you get the first experience, it's anytime you have a first experience within something like NOM, I mean, oh my goodness gracious. I mean, you're talking about that event by itself is just a big, just, it's just a big impact on a musician, you know, yeah. and just everything you experience, I feel like, you have to take in that for the first experience. And now that you're, that you're back, you're like, oh my gosh, so this is what happened. This is yeah. what I experienced. I can't wait for you guys to see this next year. And you know, that yeah. just adds fuel to the fire, you know? And uh, one thing I want to ask, you're left-handed, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm also left-handed. So I, I play, so I play violin and I do, you know, when it comes to like fingering, it's with the, it's, I, I feel like it's more comfortable. Yeah, with the left hand. It's a, yeah, it's, it's just a traditional violin. So when it came for you picking up like a traditional guitar, you weren't even thinking about a left-handed guitar. It was just something that came naturally to you, right? Yeah, yeah. it was a really natural. And uh, uh, for me, having the left hand on the frets on the on the neck, yeah, it feels more natural than the right hand. I I don't know why, but that's uh, good for me because I have more choice <laughs> with the guitars, and it's uh, they're less less expensive. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, it was natural, but my right hand is kind of lazy and slow. So I'm trying to, uh, find some techniques that, uh, 
help, help me about that. So I use a lot of uh, finger picking and chicken picking, just using uh, the pick and the fingers um, at the same time. So I, I think that way I can play uh, faster uh, without uh, moving my hand much. Yeah, that's a challenging thing. I, I, I totally understand how that feels because I don't, my right hand, you know, it's, it's dull as opposed to my left hand because I do everything with my left hand. And, you know, moving on from that, you recorded Burning Bright at the legendary ICP studios, you know, yeah. and how was it like working with Howie Weinberg? Because he's worked with the White Stripes, Aerosmith, Oasis. I mean, that's just three of the many bands he's worked with. Yeah. What was it like so, to work with someone like him? The uh, Howie Weinberg um, took care of the mastering part. So I, I uh, haven't really met him. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were, we were the the studios, the the ICP studios were in Belgium, uh, and we recorded uh, and mixed the album there. And the guys uh, at the studios uh, had that connection with uh, Howie Weinberg, and they thought uh, he he would be the perfect guy to uh, to um, take care of the mastering for our album. And I couldn't uh, disagree with that because. Uh, I, I, I'm a fan of his work, and it's an honor to, to, to have him on our album. So, no, it, it's, it's crazy. I, I haven't uh, met him, but I'm really, really happy that he could work with us and uh, put uh, his touch uh, on our sound. Just the fact that he's a part of your music catalog is a big deal. Yeah. And, hey, never say never. You will meet him in, in the future. Maybe. You know, so hopefully. Yeah. Was, was there a theme to Burning Bright? And when you set up to record this album, was there a so, theme, that, like a theme, was oh, there a theme, theme to Burning Bright, yeah. you know? Um, no, it's, a, it's, it, it's talking about uh, personal battles, uh, sad love songs, uh, but um, it's, it, it's a darker album than our previous one, but, but it's weird uh, that it's darker, but in the end, the message is kind of, positive it's a it's a positive message that you can't give up it's rock and roll you have to fight and um yeah you, you have to fight and uh, and sometimes even uh fight against yourself uh so it's about that there are many many things but uh these are the main things do you see this album burning bright and for those who don't know my listeners burning bright's already out now on ear music records do you see this album being a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, when we recorded our uh, first album, I was really, um, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself because uh, I was uh, telling me uh, this album uh, is going to stay uh, forever. So I have to be uh, better and I have to, to, to make my best, to do my best to uh, to sound good. But uh, for the, this second album, I, I understood what uh, an album is like. It's just a, a picture of a moment in your life. And uh, yeah. it's okay, even if you make make mistakes and it doesn't, uh, this part or, or this part don't sound as good as you imagine. It's, like, it, it's just a picture of a, of a particular moment. And I, uh, I think I, I'm okay with that. It's not perfect, but it's uh, who we were at the time. Hey, I'm okay with that too, because it's, 
when you revisit something that you've done in the past, it's just a way to, I feel like it's, it's another way to see yourself, how you've grown throughout your career. And you've done that. I mean, I don't have to keep repeating it to you, but when you start off in YouTube, you know, it's, it's just, it's just another chapter in your life that, you know, that just helped you grow. And I know you defined your unique style as Southern hard blues, which I know we, I know we've said this before the interview, but in Texas, you would fit right in. How has, yeah. And how has the French music scene changed through your experiences? Because Southern hard blues, it's not, it's not a commonality in, in France, you know? Yeah, it, France uh, isn't a, a rock and roll country for, for me. Um, I don't really listen to French music because when when you talk about rock music in France, it's always rock mixed with electro or pop or uh, I don't know. It's not. It, it's never just rock and roll. Um, yeah. So I don't know what to say. I, I'm not sure I'm in the right country. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not really listening to French music. But um, the good thing for us is uh, that there aren't many bands playing like old school rock and roll in France. So we developed a, kind of a strong fan base uh, there. And uh, it's, uh, it's cool. We have a loyal fans and... Uh, I can't wait to see them again. It's really interesting because everything we just talked about, it feels like you're you're like a link in the chain because there's bands like in the U.S., for example, Cheap Trick, Allman Brothers, Aerosmith, The Doors, Eagles, Leonard Skinner, ZZ Top. And hey, I know you love ZZ Top. They're from Texas. Yeah. You know, yeah. everything you just talked about, It's there's a connection to that. And I think that you have done an extremely, like just an amazing job when it comes to keeping how do you say it that keeping just the soul of rock and roll alive in the modern era, because oh, thank you. And, and you know, rock and roll, I mean, it's, 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 it's old, you know, it's an old genre that's been fused yeah. with so many different elements. Like we just talked about it, you know, pop and, you know, and, and metal and, you know, whatever you want to throw in there. Uh, but like I said, you fit right in. And I yeah, believe this, this, thank this, you. That means a lot coming from someone who lives there. So yeah, in Texas too. And uh, I'm one of your biggest fans here. So I just can't wait for you to come here. Of course, when you come here, you'll probably see me right up front going crazy. And uh, mm-hmm. but and I want to throw some numbers at you. You know, 425,000 YouTube subscribers, over 90 million views to date. Yeah. And I know you know Johnny Cash and Joe Benamassa and Slash. You know, Dire Straits are all bands that you were exposed to growing up. You know, have your aspirations as a person or as a band, have they changed or evolved since when you first started playing? Do you see things differently now? Yeah. Uh, When I first uh, began uh, playing guitar, I was really into guitar heroes uh, like, you know, Slash, Bonamassa, Mark Hooper, and I still love them. But now I'm more into uh, songwriting and uh, and new new bands and new new music. It's uh it's uh, still rock and roll, but I don't really listen to the old classic classics much. Um, now I, I like to listen bands like uh, one of my favorite bands is Blackberry Smoke. I, I love Blackberry hey, Smoke. That's, um, that's a great band. Yeah, I know them. Uh, I know them. It's good to know somebody knows them. <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, Airborne, uh, Rival Sons. Uh, Blackstone Cherry, the it's newer wow. music, and uh, but I, it's still rock and roll. 
I remember I saw Airborne. When did I first see Airborne? I think it was like 2008 when I first saw Airborne. And oh, yeah. uh, like, no, it's weird because like in the States, like not many people knew about them, but like the fans that were there were like the yeah. old school fans, like, you know, the heavy metal fans because Airborne has been around for a while, you know? Uh, yeah. I think that's amazing that you've even brought up all those bands, even Blackstone Cherry. Blackstone Cherry is like all these, all these bands that are doing this, not in the States, but, you know, keeping this, keeping, like I said, the, the soul rock and roll alive. And you are a, a testament to that. Um, yeah. And I'm really happy that these bands are coming to France to, to play live. It's a, uh, it's, it's great. I've, I don't know how many times I, I've seen them. Airborne, maybe 10, or I, I don't remember, but I love, I love these bands. Can you think of the last concert you attended as a fan? Uh, what was it? Oh, maybe it, it wasn't really rock and roll. Of, yeah, but pop rock. It was yeah. a, the stereophonics. I, I don't know how to yeah. say it. Yeah, stereophonics. Yeah, uh, with, with a friend of mine, we, we went to see the show and it, it was a great. And I, I was supposed to, um, to go see uh, Larkin Poe uh, live uh, last month, but uh, I think it's uh, postponed to uh, next year. Man, all those bands, you, uh, all those bands that you just mentioned, like it's just like uh, I just love that you know them and I know them. It's it's awesome that 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 that's actually a part of just the music you play because the influences and and you can listen to like anything you want, but that also can serve as an influence to what you play. You know, like I listen, yeah. I still listen to classical music, for example, you mm -hmm. know, and, but you know, one of my favorite bands is, you know, like I said, Gojira, we talked about that. And yeah. you know that, and it's interesting how rock and roll, blues, classic and metal kind of just all come together because they're just elements that connect each other. And, and we talked a lot about music. Do you have any other interests that feeds your creativity within being a music artist? Something that doesn't involve music. Normally, it involves music because <laughs> when I when I write when I write songs, uh, it's uh, I am always thinking about other songs that I I heard before. But when it doesn't uh, involve music, um, sometimes I I just think of movies or TV shows I I watched earlier in the day or a few few days ago, and sometimes it's the starting point of a, a new song of. A, it, it can give give me new ideas for the lyrics or things like that. But I'm mostly influenced by other bands. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any other, um, you know, moving forward, do you have plans, you know, in, I don't know, tomorrow or the next day? Because now you can't, we kind of just have to take it minute by minute. Like, because yeah. yeah. what do you plan I, for at this, at this, at this moment? I don't know if France is opening up everything in Texas. We actually shut everything back down, believe it or not, because we yeah. opened it back up okay. uh, about three weeks ago and the infection rates have just been through the roof. Okay. And now we closed everything back up. I don't know how things are in France for you guys. If everything's like starting to open back up. I think it's opening more and more. Uh, I don't know if we are going to be uh, in quarantine again, I, I will see, but uh, I think the, um, the, the getting out uh, phase is uh, going well. Um, but uh, no, I don't really plan things uh, in, uh, in, you know, uh, in the lo long future. Yeah. But uh, tomorrow we're going to rehearse with the band. And that's a good thing. And next week I'm going uh, to take a few days uh, in holiday in, uh, in the south of France, I uh, I booked uh, uh, a surf camp, you know. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to surf in the south of France uh, next week. And, uh, and then we have um, a, a few gigs coming, like one, one gig uh, uh, in July and two gig in August. We were supposed to have uh, like two or three gigs a week during all, all summer. But now I think we'll, we'll have just uh, two or three gigs uh, during the whole summer. But it's, uh, it's okay. It's, uh, it's better than nothing. So. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll see if we have the whole drive-in concert. And if you, if you do that, you know, that's, <laughs> that'd be quite the experience, right? <laughs> yeah, I prefer uh, drive-in uh, shows that uh, just online streaming. It's, uh, it's, it's still yeah. real music. Have, have you done the online streaming? Have you gone live streaming with your fans yet um, when it came to actually, playing music? When I, when I told you my last show was on March 13, yeah. we were at the Rock Palace in Germany and uh, there were supposed to be people in the room, but um, they, they didn't cancel the show, but we didn't have anyone in the room uh, and it was, the, it was uh, streamed on Facebook. So yeah, we we had that, and then we had a little show for Holly da Davidson um, a few a few months ago. Uh, but I'm getting bored uh, with the live stream. I just want to play real music. Yeah, I know it's it like I like I said you and I mean I I feel like you guys are doing that, trying to get to that level, and you're practicing soon. So that's that's always something to look yeah. forward to seeing your band members again and just getting that energy back. That I mean, it sounds like it was lost, you know, it's just quarantine's affecting all of us. And I really hope, you know, you guys get to perform live in any sort of capacity because I feel like it will be a kind of just a sense getting back to normalcy. And I can't tell you how much I would love it just to be in Europe right now, you know, as opposed to because in the United States, it's it's so many things that are happening right now. We we keep going about then then going back down, up and down, up and down. So we'll see what happens. So this is until we're we're nearing the end of the interview, unfortunately. So, but I want to ask you real quick. Okay. Five albums you can think at the top of your head right now. Uh, so um, the first album I can think of is uh, Running Wild by Airborne. Uh, I think it's my favorite. It's, it's so, it, it's not, uh, you know, it's not complicated music, but it's just pure rock and roll. And yeah. if I had to be on a deserted island, that's the one I would bring with me, I think. Uh, then um, I love uh, Slash, Slash's first solo album. Uh, I think it's just called Slash. Uh, and uh, yeah, this one, Magic Mountain by Blackstone Cherry. Okay. Um, uh, let me think. Uh, Feral Roots, the latest album by Rival Sons. And um, Into the Wildlife by Hailstorm. I, I love that. Oh, that wow. Album. Oh, so, Hamstone, Blackstone Cherry, uh, Airborne, Slash, and um, uh, it, it's, it's hard. It's, I'm not sure because there are classic albums and there are the ones I'm listening to right now. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my CD collection. <laughs> I put you on the spot. That's okay. Yeah, sorry, I'm searching. <laughs> um, uh, Maybe something by Blackberry Smoke, uh, uh, holding, uh, holding all the roses. Awesome. You know, when it is crazy, when I, I first saw Slash, you know, it was crazy. My first ever concert was Slash, believe it or not, when he played with Velvet Revolver. Do you remember that band? 
yeah. I, yeah. I love Scott Leyland. I love the singer. Yeah, man, that, that was when Velvet Revolver was like, you know, they've been around already for a while, but that was when everybody knew about them. And it was Slash yeah. and Dimebag in that same show, my first oh, ever yeah. concert. And got I got to see both of them together. It was it was unreal. But anyway, I digress. You know, uh, uh, I can't wait to see you here in the States. Uh, is there any? Is there anything like any last shout outs you want to put in? Any last words you want to say on this interview before we end things? Oh, before? just keep on listening to rock and roll, and everything will be fine. I hope. <laughs> that's the best advice anybody could get right now, you know, because it's rock and roll. That's that's what drives us forward now. And yeah. everyone who's listening, this is Laura Cox. You know, her second album, Burning Bright, is already out. Came out in November. You know, believe it or not, you know, on Ear Music Records, and. She is wanting to get that third album out sooner than later. So stay tuned, fans. Laura, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Please stay safe out there. Um, I can't wait to see you here in the States. You know, I I know you hear that a lot, but we're waiting for you. And uh, we'll be here. Looking at you as you walk Laughing at you when you're crawling. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.